Welcome! You are listening to Grab the Glory with Holly Smith. Today we're talking prosperity. Let's get into it. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Praise the Lord! Oh, I'm so excited to be with you today. My name is Holly Smith and I'm with Lion and Lamb Ministries. Today we are going to be talking about my favorite topic in the Bible. It's my favorite topic because it's the topic that sets most people free. And the topic is finances. We're going to talk about biblical finances. What does the Bible say about it? Because the Bible addresses every area of your life. It does. It addresses every area. You don't think it does? It addresses your eating. It addresses your sleep. It addresses your sex life. The Bible addresses your finances, okay? It addresses how to act in church. The Bible addresses how to raise your children. There is no topic of your life that the Bible does not touch on and that the Holy Spirit will not reveal to you about, okay? The Bible is very clear. And so today we're going to be talking about what the Bible says about finances. Let's get into it. Okay, so today the first thing we're going to do is address the doubters in the room, okay? Because I know that there are some people sitting here listening going, whoa, slow down. Prosperity is a dirty word and God loves it that I'm humble. God loves it that I am meek and mild and he doesn't need me to have money. He just needs me to have spiritual blessings and gifts. And you are crazy, lady, and you're a blasphemer. I get it. I get it. I was raised like that. I understand what you're saying. And I have to be honest with you, those televangelists that talk about finance, that talk about having jets and having nice houses, the first time I sat down to watch them with intention, my intention was let's prove them wrong. That was my goal. I was like, okay, I want to see what you're saying so I know that it's not true so I can move on with my day because then I'll just tell people about it and we'll move on, right? I was wrong. When I started listening to those men and women of God talk about finance, I realized that the only information I had had about them up until that point was society's information, was the world's perspective of them. And I didn't take the time to sit and listen to them. And so today I'm going to ask you to do me a huge favor. Please sit and please listen to me because I'm not 80 years old. I haven't had a lifetime to accumulate wealth. And yet I believe in this principle. This principle has already worked in my life and it's continuing to build my family to a new level. And so I want you to have the same financial freedom I now live in. To talk about biblical finance, we would first have to talk about who wrote the Bible. The Holy Spirit divinely inspired the word of God. Yes, men sat down with pen and paper and they wrote out the Bible, but they did it with Holy Spirit instruction. And so God is three, Holy Spirit, Father and Son. And so we have to know that everything in the word of God is breathed out by God, the word tells us. And so we take the Bible as the infallible word of God. It cannot fail, it cannot lie. Everything the Bible says was truthfully stated, but not everything the Bible says is a statement of truth. It's true that Job complained to God, God God giveth and yet God taketh away. Job said that in the Bible and it's recorded and yet it's pulled out of context because see, that's not a statement of truth. God does not take away. You walk away from his blessing and his protection. He does not take away anything. He loves you. You're his kid. And so to start talking about finance or any other topic 
with biblical perspective, we'd first have to talk about who wrote the Bible, and that is God. This is God's word. This is God's love letter to us in book form. Because what you will see when you open up those holy pages is you will see God having patience with his children. God having so much love for his children. God providing for his kids when they wouldn't even admit he was their father. And yet he loved them, and yet he chose them, and yet he had long-suffering patience toward them. And he has it for you, and he has it for me. And that's why I'm here today, because God did not stop pushing on me. He did not stop pursuing me, and yet I had a choice. I had free will, and I had to turn and say, okay, God, I'm selling out. I'll do it your way. Whatever that word of God says, that's what I'll do. I'll work for you. I'll live for you. I will eat, breathe, and sleep for you. And I'm telling you right now, I have. I have consecrated myself to this word. I have consecrated myself to the study of the word of God and to the preaching of it and to the edifying of the saints and to the saving of souls because it's time. Jesus is coming back. He's coming back for a beautiful bride, for a glorious church. And we can't be beautiful and we can't be glorious if we're sitting there trying to figure out how to pay our bills. If we're trying to figure out how to pay our bills, how are we going to get anything done? You were not made to live in this Babylonian system. You were not created to just sit in church on Sundays and Wednesdays and the rest of your life get beaten up by the devil and his demons. You were not created to be sick. You were not created to be broke. You were not created to have lack of any kind in your life. And the moment that you realize God is good and that's not what he wants for you, then you have the right perspective to come into the scripture with him. Because you have to understand God loves you. He loves you. You're his kid. And if your kid said, Mom, Dad, can I have a glass of water? Can I have some food? Can I just have a place to lay my head? You would say, what are you talking about, kid? Of course. You wouldn't tell them no. And yet people think God does that. Well, God put homelessness on me to learn something. God put cancer on me to learn something. God put poverty on me so I could learn something. He does not need the devil's ways to teach his children anything. He doesn't need the devil's tactics. He doesn't need the devil's ideas. He's got it. He's a good daddy. Okay. And he happened to raise Jesus in heaven without putting cancer on him because we know cancer's not in heaven, right? Okay, so if he can do that in heaven, he can do that here. We just need to be in submission to him and his holiness, okay? And so that's the place that we we approach God. I, I am very passionate about making sure that we know who we're talking about here. This is God, okay? This is not a pastor. This is not a man. God is not a man that he should lie or that he can lie. We're talking about God who was perfectly perfect. And yet he said, let's keep going. Let's keep creating. See, God does not let his faith stagnate. He has faith that every single moment of eternity can be better than the moment before. And it is. And so God created us because we're part of what's better in eternity. He walked from eternity through time into more eternity. We are in a very short period of eternity. And when you realize you're an eternal being with just a short little blip here on the earth, 
understand we have eternal spirits inside of us, eternal spirits that go one place or another. And so we got to make a choice and we got to make it fast because Jesus is coming back for a bride. Amen. Okay. So if you're with me on that, please keep listening. If you're not, keep listening because I am going to convince you. Not because I'm doing it, because this is Holy Spirit inspired teaching. Okay. I don't teach this myself. So I want to pray with you right now. And I'm going to pray for myself. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every listener on this podcast. I pray for me. I pray that I am able to speak Holy Spirit inspired words every minute of this podcast. I pray it get edited beautifully. And I pray it get to people's ears and they listen to the whole thing. I pray the Holy Spirit convicts their heart, sets their heart on fire, that they know there's no other truth but the one I'm speaking to them because all I'm speaking to them is holy canon. All I'm speaking to them is the word of God. And how will people hear without a preacher? And so I pray for you to divinely inspire everything to to go the way you need it to go, Lord. And we thank you in advance for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. First thing you have to know is the devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Okay, that's what the Bible says the devil does. I am not going to give you a scripture reference for everything that I say is in the Bible. Just go look up those phrases, Google them, put them in your Bible app. I promise you will find them, okay? The enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And so what is he going to steal from you? He's going to steal, he's going to try to steal your health and or your finances. By the time he's done with you, he wants to steal your whole life, your family, your friends, your career, everything. He wants to burn it up so that at the end of your life, you have nothing and no one and you go to hell miserable and you stay miserable because misery loves company. The devil comes to steal your finances. That can come in a myriad of ways. You're like, "Ah, listen, I don't know what you're talking about. The devil has never stolen anything from me. You're crazy. Really? You want to bet? Have you ever had a washing machine break? Yeah. Have you ever had a tire blow out? Have you ever had more month at the end of your money? Okay. That's the devil coming to steal from you. And our job as believers is to make sure that he can't, because I have news for you. The devil can't just eat your lunch anytime and anywhere he wants. He has boundaries because Jesus went into hell for us. He grabbed the keys of sin and death for us. He suffered on the cross for us all so that we could live free. And yet we're not taking him up on it. And I said, God, if this is true, then I want to take you up on it. He said, finally, grab the glory and let's go. First thing you need to know is that he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He's coming to steal your finances in the form of accidents, in the form of injuries, in the form of, I didn't think this was coming up. I didn't think that was coming up. In the form of thinking that you're not good enough to make more money than you're making now. See, his demons are whispering little lies in your ear all the time. If you listen and if you act on it and if you speak their lies, it will become your life. And we have to be so careful to guard against that because we don't want a life the devil curated. We want a life that God created. Here is the life God created. Here's what he says in his word about finances. 
Jesus gave us this direction in Luke 6, 38. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. In Mark 4.20, Jesus said, Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some 30, some 60, and some 100 times what was sown, or a hundredfold is another translation. We know this principle works all throughout the Bible. Isaac planted crops in that land and the same year reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. That's Genesis 26, 12. So this key to the kingdom is so simple. Just give, give. How do you become prosperous in life? Be a giver, live to give. I give for a living, okay? As long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest will never cease. That is what Genesis says. So if Genesis says, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest will never cease. So then you and I have an, a responsibility to understand how God created things so that we can operate in them. So God has two different kingdoms that Jesus refers to in the New Testament. There's the kingdom of God and there's the kingdom of heaven. And in some translations, they get them mixed up. The translator didn't understand they were two different names and two different things. And so we have to use Holy Spirit discernment. But it's the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is a place. It's a planet, for lack of a better term. It is a place where people live after they die here and they're believers. It's a place where God dwells. It's a place where Jesus dwells. It's a place where the heavenly host dwell. Okay, heaven is the kingdom of heaven is is heaven. That's where we go. And it's closer than you think. Okay, the kingdom of God is a method. It's God's way of doing and being right, according to the amplified version of the Bible. So when we see kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven, we have to know that's us. We're in the kingdom of God. When Jesus came and said, the kingdom is here, he was talking about the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is God's way of doing and being right. Because what Jesus did when he got here was he gave us back the authority Adam and Eve had in the garden. God said, dress it and keep it. He gave him dominion. He gave him authority. And Jesus gave us that same authority when he went into hell because we're co-heirs with Jesus. How amazing is that? So when you walk through life, you have to know who you are. You have to know who you are to make prosperity work in your life. Because if you don't believe you're worth having anything, you will never have anything. You have to believe you're worth it. You have to believe God chose you and God made you. You have to believe that if you're God's creation and God's child, he wants nothing but amazing things for your life. And yet so many people have gone to church week after week or gone to school or gone to work, gone home to their families, and they've been lied to by the devil. The devil has used those people in their life to lie to them, to steal from them, to kill them. If you have someone close to you who speaks negatively into your life every single day or negatively about themselves every single day and that rubs off on you, what are you doing? You're around people who don't know your worth and don't know your value. 
And so for you to pick the right people to come around you, you have to know it first. And you know it by getting in the word of God, because I promise you, you get in that word with a humble heart and say, Holy Spirit, reveal this to me. God will show you exactly who you are and you are nothing like they said. You are a winner. You are victorious. You do have a future. You hear me? You have a future. You. God loves you. God sent you to this podcast. He's kept me up tonight to make sure that I posted it so that you could get saved, so that you could live a victorious life. Everything he has me do is to get to you. Isn't that amazing? God loves you. Hallelujah. And I know you feel, I know you feel his love wrapping around you so tightly. Lean into it. Don't say, I don't know what that is. That's a good thing. You only do what you know to do. You're only going to get what you have gotten so far. So do something new. Lean into the spirit of God who's tugging on your heart and say, God, I accept you. Jesus, thank you. Because Jesus died on the cross and he rose on the third day. Because he died for you and for me. He paid for our sins so we didn't have to. So the minute you say, God, forgive me, I repent in Jesus' name. Thank you for saving me, Jesus. You're free, you're whole, you're healed. You're in the kingdom of God. And if you keep listening to these messages, if you keep in on what I'm telling you about the Bible and you get in that word, I promise you, you will realize that this day has changed your life because discovering the kingdom of God is the greatest gift anyone could ever give you. The kingdom of God is like a pearl of great value and one who finds it goes and sells all he has and buys this one pearl. Sell out for the Lord, even if you already know him. Say, is every aspect of my life consecrated to God? No? Well, then I'm going to fix it today because God is looking for some Christians who are on fire for him. On fire for him. He needs people that are willing to go to war for him because I'm telling you what, the war has been won, but the enemy is still on this earth. And until we get them out of here, we got to do our jobs and protect the rest of these people who don't know what they're doing, who don't know about the kingdom, who don't know about the promises for them. We have to protect them and pray for them and love them because the church is the only thing holding back the kingdom of darkness. And God needs his church to rise up and be the bride of Christ we were called to be so Jesus can come get his bride. You're it, kid. I'm it. He's coming to get us. We're going to hear those trumpets sound, but we got to do our jobs first. We got to hear God's voice first. And we have to do what he's asking us to do. Because in these last days, God is raising up apostles and prophets to edify the body of Christ and to get the bride ready for her groom. And I have to tell you, just because you're hearing me, I need you to know that's me. I am called to be a prophet of God. And you're like, man, sounds like a big word. I thought prophets were just in the Old Testament. Well, they're not. God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what was in the Acts church, what was in that first church, is meant to be in the church today. We're supposed to be one team with one faith, one accord of one mind. We're all supposed to be on the same page. And the devil has come and he's stolen our unity. And it's time to get it back. All you have to say is, I don't care what anyone else says. I'm listening to the Lord. 
I'm hearing what he has to say. And if he says, listen, this preacher, that's who I'm going to listen to. If he says she's a prophet of God, she's a prophet of God. Let's go. We're moving because we have a groom that is ready to come get us. And he's waiting on us. He's waiting on you. He's waiting on me to get ready so we can go. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to go home. Our home is heaven, guys. We are citizens of heaven. We are not citizens of this world. You're not a a person who's from Texas. You're not a Southerner. You're not a Northerner. You're not a Californian. You're not an African or an Asian. Your identity is not where you live. It's, It's who you are in Christ. And who you are in Christ is renewed. Who you are in Christ is transformed. Who you are in Christ is authoritative and powerful and creative and wonderful and beautiful. Who you are in Christ is who you are meant to live this life as. And when you get in the word of God, you figure out exactly who that is. Praise the Lord. Okay, so now that we know who we are in Christ, we're children of a king. We're children of God. We're holy. We're royal. The Bible says we're a royal priesthood, a holy race. We're royalty. And royalty doesn't worry about whether or not the car has gas. Royalty doesn't worry about whether or not there's food on the table. Royalty doesn't even wash their own clothes. So why do you? That sounds big. That sounds insane. I understand that. You're like, how much money would I have to have to pay someone to do my clothes? That's wasteful. No, it's not. It's being royal. It's giving somebody a job. It's, it's being a blessing to someone is what it is. Because see, the more inflated you get, the more you're able to bless other people. The one thing God has been repeating to my husband and I over the last several years is we've consecrated ourselves to be in this place, to be able to preach the word of God. The one thing he has told us over and over and over and over again is that we are called to undergo a transfer of wealth for the kingdom. And we're blessed to be a blessing. God has put prosperity on our minds. He's put it in our hearts. He's called us to do some very big things that as of right now, no, I don't see it in the natural, but I know it's coming and I know it's here and I know that I am just going to keep grabbing the glory as often as I can and saying, God, I'm right here. I'm yours. I'm going to keep sowing seed. I'm going to keep giving to the kingdom. I'm going to keep doing his work and being joyful in the interim because when you've done all to stand, you stand therefore. So we are going to continue to stand in his promises and in his word. And I'm going to tell you what happens when you stand for God. He adds everything to your life. Because when you put the kingdom first, God gives you everything and more. He just lays it down beside you. Okay? And so that's what he's going to do when you start giving to the kingdom of God. Because you're opening yourself up to be used by God. It's very important when you give that you know why you're giving, you know where you're giving, and you know what you've been told to give. See, you don't just start saying, well, I have $500 in my bank account. Here you go, homeless guy on the street, and you just throw it down on him and run away. That is not what God is talking about. I know that's what people on social media do to get likes and followers on TikTok, but that is not what the kingdom of God is, and that's not biblical giving. 
Am I saying to never give to a homeless person? No. Am I saying never give them $500? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying when you do give them money, don't run away. Tell them about Jesus and say, I just wanted to bless you and I love you and God loves you and get them saved. Because I am not the only person called to save souls and neither are just your ministers and your pastors. You're called the fivefold ministry, apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, and evangelists. We're all called to equip the saints for the work of the gospel. See, we're not in your workplace. We're not, we don't go to your school. We're not in your community, in your home, in your park, in your car with friends. We're not there, but you are. And so now that you've learned all this information, your job is to share it with the unction of the Holy Spirit. Your job is when you're given an opening to tell somebody about Jesus, you tell them about Jesus. You tell them how good he is. You tell them about the kingdom of God because it's rich and it's wonderful and it's beautiful and it's glorious. And the bride is becoming beautiful because you've latched onto this truth and you start telling other people's. And what you're doing is you're activating members of the kingdom of heaven for the work of the ministry today, for the work of the gospel today, because every single one of us, our main job is to get souls saved and get them to heaven with us. That's our job. That's what we're called to do. If we do nothing else in this life, we are called to save souls because when we do that, we don't just bless us and we don't just bless them. We bless God because he doesn't want to see a single one of his children go to hell but the, the devil has come and he's lied to people and he's stolen from people. He's gotten them hooked on addictions, hooked on <laughs> the world. He's made the world look so appealing and yet it's a deception, it's a lie. Because anyone who gets all the way to the top of this world and sees everything but they don't have God, they end up spiraling. Look at your favorite celebrity and look at them 10 years ago or five years ago. Look at them once they really get into fame and get into that world. Are they a Christian? Great, because if, if they are, they're going to keep prospering. If they're not, watch them fall. Every single one of them will fall. God will burn it up. He has to. It's in his word. If you don't love God, the devil can only promise you temporary things. When the devil gives you something, it burns up. God's not doing anything bad to anyone. Their choices are. Okay? Their choices are. And so when we choose not to tithe, which is 10% of your earnings, not to give over and above that, not to pay alms, and alms are giving to the homeless, giving to missions work, when we choose not to give a first fruits, which is just the first portion of your earnings, if you get something new, you get a new job and you say, God, I just want to give this to you because this is new and wonderful and you gave it to me, so I want to give it back to you. And whatever way the Lord dictates, when we do those four things, those are the four types of giving, what we're doing is we're saying, I trust God with my finances. I trust God to produce a return better than the stock market better than my savings account, better than some new business venture Joe Schmo has thought up and I he wants five grand and I'm like, well, okay. Do you know your five grand would go so much farther in the kingdom of God? Do you know that what God promises in his word is that you get 30, 60, or a hundred fold? Did you know that? 
hundredfold comes with persecution, but you can get it if you want it. All you got to do is sow a seed and believe God. All he's asking for is your faith, guys. All he's asking for is for you to believe he's real, believe his word is real, and put it as the final authority in your life. And when you open it with the Holy Spirit every single time, when you live for God every single day, not just Sunday morning or Wednesday night, what you're doing is saying, God, you have everything, including the money you were able to give me that I was able to use for my life. Thank you. When you give that back to him, he does a work, okay? Because seed time and harvest will never cease. So when you plant an ear of corn, what are you expecting after when the harvest season comes? What are you expecting after it's been in the ground for a long time? You're expecting corn, right? Well, exactly how long do I have to wait before I see a return from God on this? Because see, I, no, just no, that's not how this works. You don't determine the time it comes back. God does. Because see, he knows your needs and he knows your wants and he also knows where you're at in life. And he knows what he can do with where you are. And his only goal is to get you more sanctified and more holy so he can use you for the work of the kingdom. See, he wants to give you a hundredfold. He's going to bless you. You will see a return. God never forgets his seed. He never forgets his seed. But it doesn't just take one seed. He always asks us for consistency and for faith, even when we don't see the promise yet. So know that this way of life, this way of doing finances is not for the faint of heart. This is not for someone who's a quitter. But I'm telling you right now, if you're a quitter and you know that about yourself and you want to change, that God can handle. Did you know that? God can change quitters. He can turn them into stayers. That's what he's done for so many people. That's what he's done for me. I used to quit at so many things. <laughs> if it got hard or bored, and mostly just if I was bored, I would just quit. Well, I don't like this job anymore. I figured it out, so eh, whatever. I can't tell you how many jobs I can't, haven't been able to stay at because I just quit. I got bored. I didn't have any staying power. Why? Because I didn't have the Holy Spirit. That's why. And when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, when I got under good, sound biblical teaching, when someone finally sat me down and taught me about the principles of the kingdom of God, even though I had been a Christian for decades, all of a sudden I started getting sanctified because I started consecrating myself to the Lord. And I did that by getting out of the world, turning off social media, turning off Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. I turned it all off. I turned off everything the world had to supply me. And I only had the word of God on. I got it in my ears, in front of my eyes, and I poured myself into it. Every chance I got, I was in prayer. I was talking to God. I can hear his voice like I could hear your voice. I say, hey, Jesus. He says, hey, Holly. Why? Because God talks. We just don't listen. Did you know that? And so we're going to change that. We're going to start listening to God. I promise you, you get in the right moment. Just have the right heart. You can be in, a, in the middle of a busy mall. You can be driving your car down the road. You can be at home and your parents are yelling downstairs. And if you just say, hey, Jesus, and just say it in your heart, 
Guys, I promise you'll hear him say, hey, your name, whatever your name is. <laughs> hey, Angela. Hey, Becky. He'll talk to you. Did you know that? So I know it feels like we're going all over the place today, guys, but you really have to get this base under you to understand prosperity, quote unquote, right? Because if you don't know why God wants to bless you, then you think that God is just a get rich quick scheme. If you don't have the heart, right heart behind it, nothing I tell you will work. You have to have a willing and obedient heart. You have to humble yourself before the Lord Most High because you have to remember he's been waiting on you a long time. So it's okay if you wait on him for a little bit and just say, God, I'm here. Do you know what he's going to say? I'm so glad you made it. Hi, I've been pursuing you. I've been following you. One thing God told me that changed my perspective on life is there's no such thing as a coincidence. Well, I've heard that before, but I mean, how can you prove that? I can. God told me. He'll tell you to just say, hey, is she right about that? He'll say, yep, she sure is. Because God doesn't lie and God doesn't change. So he'll tell you the same thing he tells me. Did you know that? He said, there is no such thing as a coincidence. Every single moment, God did not always create it because sin can lead to moments God does not want in your life, but he will use it. And later on down the road, you'll see that area of your life that looked so sinful, that looked so hard, that looked so unbelievably dark, and God will redeem it. He will turn it around. All you got to do is stay faithful and stay in it with him and say, God, I'm here. Help me. And you just keep figuring out who he is. You keep asking the Holy Spirit to reveal to you who God is and what he wants for your life. And you will never be the same. I promise you. So the long and the short of it is give, give, and it will be given to you. Press down, shaken together and running over. Oh, I'm so excited for you guys. I know the Lord is sowing seed into your heart right now that is going to produce a harvest. I'm so excited. I speak this over your life right now in the name of Jesus, that God is doing a mighty work in you. If he's called you to watch this, if he's called you to listen to this broadcast, he knows something about you. You don't know that you're marked, that you're called kid, that this is it. It's your time. Rise up church, rise up bride. It's time to come home. And he's called you to be an integral part of that because if you're hearing this teaching, I promise you, he's called you to be an integral part of that because the bride has to get glorified. The bride has to get beautiful. And for the bride to get beautiful, it's going to take some real dollars. Ever heard the term, it takes money to make money? Yeah, well, it takes money to save souls. It takes money to get broadcast and books and Bibles out to every person in every language. Preach the gospel to every creature and I'll come and get you. That's what he said. And so when the gospel is preached to the world, the end will come. So let's do it. See, guys, because we're here. My commission from God is to beautify the bride because he's coming back for his church and she needs to look like the glorious bride that Jesus deserves. Okay, he deserves it. He deserves our undying support. He deserves for us to die to self and live just for him because he did that for us. 
He did that for us. And yet God gave us free will and he won't take it away. If you choose to walk away from the Lord, just know that anytime you hear the gospel, it could be the very last time. God's not promising us any more time. This generation doesn't have any more time because we came at the end of the end. He saved us for last for a reason. Last will become first. It means that the end of the church is going to look more beautiful, more glorified than the church has ever looked up to this point. Jesus said, go do the works that I do and greater than these you'll do because I'm ascending to my father. See, Jesus said, hey, I, I, I did my part here. I'm done. I set the example. I set the pace. Now you go and you run as hard and as fast as you can. You build on every minister that came before you and you get this gospel preached to the world so I can come get my bride. That's what he's called us to do. That's what he's called you to do is to get in this with him and don't be lukewarm and don't be an unbeliever. Get saved, get sanctified, get holy so he can use you. You don't necessarily have to be called into the ministry to get used by God, to be such an integral part of people's salvation. See, you don't have to be part of the ministry to do that. In fact, it's better if you don't because you're going to reach people that would never walk into a church building, that would never walk into a miracle crusade, who would just sit there on the street and scoff. You can prick their hearts because you're where they're at. This is your job to get the bride glorified. This is your job to get the bride beautiful. I'm just here to help. And so we have a big job to do, church. And every single member of us is important is equal and is of value, okay? We're of value to each other and to God in equal form. It doesn't always look like it, but each part of the body is equal. The eye cannot walk like the foot. The foot cannot see like the eye. We're all a part of this thing. This is not just minister's job to get souls saved. This is everybody's job to get souls saved. It's not just minister's job to be close to the Lord and talk to God every day. It's everybody's job to get close to the Lord and talk to him every single day because that's what he deserves. And to be honest with you, it will bless you so much more than you think. If you're thinking this is a boring endeavor, if you're thinking, you don't understand, if I cut out the world, what am I going to do with my time? You're going to listen to sermons. You're going to listen to teaching on the word of God. You're going to get in the word and say, reveal it to me. And I promise you will be busier than you have ever been before. No show you have binged, no TikTok you have watched is as good as the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so all you have to do is say, yes, I'm in. Get your Bible app, get out YouTube, start listening to the right preachers on the right sermons and you will get it. So to help you get it, here's what you're going to do. Go to lionlandministries.com. Click on Binge Jesus. It's linked in the description below. Once you get there, you're going to find 10 different ministers of the gospel, both men and women who have walked this road, who know what I'm talking about and who have gotten there, have gotten to glory, and they live glory to glory because they walk with God. And so you want to walk with God, right? You want to be used by God? Okay, well then learn from the best. Learn from the generals of the faith. Binge Jesus. It will change your life forever to decide to put your time and effort towards the kingdom because he says when you seek first the kingdom of God, all these things will be added to you. So seek out the kingdom, learn what it is and what it's about and God will change your life through it. 
into you. We have planted the word of God today. And what the devil's gonna try to do is he's gonna come and try to steal it. He may try to talk bad about me, say women can't preach, say prosperity is not for today, say healing is not for today. The devil and his demons are deceitful. They will come at you with a half truth. They'll come at you with a, did it really say this? They'll come at you with the demon and the spirit of skepticism. And your job is to say, I know what I felt. I know what I heard, felt in your spirit, convicted in your spirit. I know what I know. And I know that this is the truth because I've never been more excited in my life, right? Never been more excited in my life because this is the truth of the gospel of God, the gospel of Jesus. And yet people think it's a lie. People think that it's that it's false because the devil and his demons, they've showed up every single day to try and take credibility away from God's sons and God's daughters. And so our job is to stand up and bolster each other and lift each other up and say, no, I know the voice of my shepherd and I know that he has called this person to preach and that he trusts this person and so I'm gonna trust this person. It's your job to do that and listen and it's my job to do that. And so if you don't have the Holy Spirit to help listen, to help teach you how to do this and to be your check when you don't know, say, Holy Spirit, what do I do? Because that's what the Holy Spirit's for. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, let's get filled with it right now. Say, Holy Spirit, fill me up. Give me your gifts. Let me use them. Turn me into the child of Christ that I was called to be. Turn me into the child of God I was called to be. Get rid of everything that is not mine to have. Get rid of everything the devil and his demons planted there. I cast those devil and those demons out right now in the name of Jesus. Every single one of them has to flee. Every spirit of poverty, every spirit of lying, sickness and disease and illness, every demon spirit that's telling you you're not good enough. Every demon spirit in the order you entered this person, I tell you to flee now in Jesus name. Flee now in Jesus' name. You are no longer allowed to torture these people. If you're feeling some sort of way, if you're feeling coughing or hacking or throwing up, if you're feeling convulsions, continue to say flee in Jesus' name. And I promise you the Lord will remove them. The authority through this microphone. See, it doesn't time and space. It doesn't block us. It's as if I'm laying hands on you. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is there. The power of God is there. And so those demons did flee. And if you feel lighter, that's why. And so some people had a very um, show of it and some demons just leave right away. And, And some of you don't have any, not everyone has a demon. Sometimes it's just a demon suggestion, not a demon possession. But a lot of times when we commingle with the world in the way that society has taught us it's okay for Christians to commingle, that uh, demons like to come in and they like to steal your joy and steal your light. Uh, they love vessels of light and they come and try to the, try to tamp it down because they don't want you preaching the word of God. They don't want you getting more people saved and they want to make you miserable. They came to steal, kill, and destroy your life. And so you just got rid of them today. Say, thank you, Jesus, that I'm healed and I'm set free and I'm whole and I'm delivered. Because you just got delivered, my friend, delivered from those spirits of poverty, delivered from lack, delivered from the spirit of skepticism. They're gone in Jesus' name. And so because of that, you're now able to grasp this truth and hold on to it tightly. Get started on those sermons. Binge them. I know you have the ability to binge because you sit and scroll TikTok or Reels or Shorts. You can do this. 
sit down and listen to the word of God and be fed and know that the fruit of their lives is because of holiness. Get holy. God says, be ye therefore holy for I am holy and we're chosen children of a king. Praise the Lord. Until next time, my name is Holly. This is Lion and Lamb Ministries. Go grab that glory today, guys. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Grab the Glory with Holly Smith. I am so excited you got to be here today. Don't forget to go to our website, lionlambministries.com and click on Binge Jesus and go get sanctified, bride, because he's coming back for us.